Welcome to another episode of Shelf Logic. I'm Corbin. And I'm Alyssa. And we're here today to talk with y'all about Devious Mysteries. Yeah, so... <laughs> you like that, right? I do like that. Okay. I mean, the, the voice was very devious, which yes. makes me think what is happening in your brain right now, but okay. What's, what, tell, the, tell the listeners what Devious Mysteries are. So to me, a good Devious Mystery is something that is like psychological kind of messes with your brain a little bit kind of like if you watch split but in book form that's mm. what i'm thinking okay. what's what you yeah i would say when i think devious mysteries in my head i see myself rubbing my hands together while laughing evilly and i almost want that in book form i mean visualize that for a second okay now take that in a book and you're thinking of wow this plot is so evil these characters what's going on like where are we going with this? And there's a mystery to be solved, but it's not like most mysteries where, you know, at the end it's a it's a bow tie, you, you've got a completion. You're, this one, you you should feel a little uneasy. You should kind of clutch that bowl of goldfish closer to you when you're done. And goldfish, the snack. The snack that smiles back? Always. Well, 40% of the time. Check that out, y'all. <laughs> he learned that from his CIA handbook. Yes, I did. Which I did not know was a thing. Yeah, 40% It has nothing to do with devious mysteries, but, no, but not the But think point. about that. The fact that only 40% of goldfish have smiles on them, when the very first goldfish on the box has a smile, I think that's particularly devious. Because you can assume that the others have them. Then you look and you see a blind goldfish, you're like, what? I'm still gonna eat it, because she's a goodness, but I mean, I'm a little shaken up by the deviousness. I mean, I Just feel like thought. there's more to unpack there, but Food this is thought? only a 20 minute episode. Okay, you're right, okay. let's keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> you or me or who? You know what? I'll let you go first. What? Yep. Okay, this is like new territory in yep. the Alyssa and Corbin podcast, but okay, <laughs> I'll take it. New year, new us. <clears throat> sure. <laughs> <laughs> so for my first devious mystery book, I chose I Know Who You Are by Alice Feeney. Um, this is a very interesting book. I read it not too long ago. It came out in 2019, I believe. Um, it's about a woman named Amy Sinclair. She is an actress. And um, she is very good at hiding things and has lots of skeletons in her closet, per se. So she starts getting these anonymous letters from somebody saying, I know who you are. You're not really Amy Sinclair. I know the truth about you. You're a liar. You're a faker and all this other stuff. And so her immediate thought is, oh, my gosh, someone's trying to extort me for money, which like if you're famous and you have a lot of money, I guess that would be your first thought. Um, but while reading, you do figure out that, you know, this person may not be wrong and there are a lot of skeletons in this closet to uncover. So it's very interesting. It kept me turning until the last page and I was like, oh yeah, no, I didn't see that coming. So, um, I liked it. I thought it was good. There you go. That's a solid book. She had written something else called Sometimes I Lie, mm. which was, um, about a woman who was in a coma and she was trying to figure out why she mm -hmm. was in a coma mm -hmm. the entire time she was in a coma. That was a very psychologically messed up book. Devious tale, you'd say? A, a devious mm -hmm. tale, i say. Okay, okay. Your first one? All right, so mine is by Rachel Housel Hall and it's called They All Fall Down. And it follows a woman named Miriam Macy who is invited, surprise, to a mysterious island off of Mexico along with seven others who she does not know by a mutual acquaintance that threads between all of them. Unfortunately, they all find out that the pretenses by which they were brought to this island were false. And not only that, 
They all have something that they're hiding, including Miriam, which we get to hear through each or get to read rather through each chapter uh, from either bits of what she says happens in this mysterious conflict, which she doesn't divulge much, at least in the early part of the book um, until later on, or through the way this book is written, different texts and emails from police or her daughter that are addressed to her at the beginning of each chapter. And it's really interesting. One by one, these, um, I, I, I don't even want to say, I guess, subjects, um, the mutual acquaintances, they're all one by one being knocked off. And as this is happening, the concern and tension rise because they don't know each other. They have reason to, to have suspicion on all of them. And each one of them has, to quote Alyssa, some skeletons in their closet. And the book is well written. It's funny at times. It's really kind of scary, to be honest with you, as you get more into the book. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I had some I had some shivers there. And the finish, while satisfying, it definitely was um, definitely was devious. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, I totally forgot what I was going to say now. But I'll um, repeat the book. They all fall down by <laughs> Rachel Housel Hall. Uh, definitely check it out. She's an amazing writer. But this was my first time reading her. I've since put a hold on two other books of hers, and I really enjoyed the experience. All right. So for my next devious mystery, I read *The Death of Mrs. Westaway* by Ruth Ware. Okay, same as mine. I have a book also by her. Side to share. Oh, what? Know? Yes, we did not plan this, y'all. Like, we just kind of came with our books and here we are. But yes, Ruth Ware is a common scare in the... No, no. Man, I was going to say Ruth Ware is a common scare in a psychological thriller. How about she's well-known in psychological thriller books? Yeah, I was really trying to put together my best lyrical mastery, but it's not happening. I mean... That's fine. Okay. It happens. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Ruth Ware has also written things like The Woman in Cabin 10, The Lion mm. Game. Um, this book's a little bit older. I think the book that Cornell will talk about next is newer. Yep. Um, but basically, it's about a girl named Hal, and she receives a mysterious letter from somebody saying, hey, we want to give you money because this woman died. This woman being Mrs. Westway. Hence the title. So, um, she is the type of person that's very skeptical. I mean, she's wondering why she got this letter. She's thinking, obviously, this is some sort of mix-up. And so she attends the funeral and the reading of the will where um, she was going to be left a large sum of money. I want to say it was like the estate plus like a couple million dollars. Oh, that's a lot of lunch money. Yeah. So the whole family, including this girl, Hal, was like, why? Why me? Like, what is the connection here? There's obviously something mistaken. And um, you find out a little bit more about the family in each chapter and how they have, again, a lot of skeletons in the closet. They're obviously hiding something from this girl and they were hiding something from Mrs. Westaway, which she knew about, but the family didn't know that she knew. It's a very confusing tale. I would say that you have to read it for yourself in order to fully get all the details. But um, it was very interesting. I loved it. It was very suspenseful. It's a good way I would describe that one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, The Death of Mrs. Westaway by Ruth Ware. I give it a plus. There it is. I will also give this book a plus. But first, or let's go after. I'm going to tell a little bit about what it's about. Um, one by One is the name of the book. Also, like we said, by the acclaimed Ruth Ware. And this one's interesting. It's concerning basically a regular company retreat, just like any one of us would have, except in the Swiss Alps. Um, and in this, this startup company is meeting and they have eight employees. They all have moderate 
goals of, of what they want to kind of get out of this. And there's some tension there because they're in the midst of this kind of corporate takeover. There's some issues among some of the staff in this retreat. It's, you know, getting a little toasty in there. So they decide to step out into the cool and, you know, kind of decompress a little bit. Well, unfortunately, while they're out there, an avalanche hits. And that effectively seals them off from immediate communication, anyone outside of themselves. And now they're stuck. And as they are, let's say, some of the secrets and hidden agendas of these various characters come to light. And to make it worse, one of said characters hadn't returned from when the avalanche hit. So everyone has a reason to suspect the other for that person's disappearance. It's one of those classic, almost closed-door mysteries. You get to the book through a different character, and that kind of raises the tension as you see what one thinks about the other. And then we go to that person who's either unaware of the previous character's uh, disdain for him or her, or just intimately aware and doesn't care and has other plans in store. It is really interesting to kind of get all these perspectives. Where does a great job of making you really feel for the characters and flesh them out a lot. And as the book gets tighter, as more characters mysteriously disappear, the tension builds. And so it's a well, well-written book. One of her newer ones and one of my more favorite ones as well. One by one by Ruth Ware. And I also really like the cover of that one. I, when was that released? October? Oh, yeah. I um, really like the cover of that one because it kind of reminds me of The Thing, the movie, The Thing. Mm. Um, because it's all like frosty and blue and, you know... So, my next book is A Simple Favor oh. by Darcy Bell. This got turned into a movie with, I think, uh, Blake Lively? Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, the girl from Pitch Perfect, but her name escapes me. Anna Kendrick. Oh, Pitch Perfect escapes me, so <laughs> there we are. So, um, it's a very interesting book. If you like the movie, um, which I was so-so on the movie. But we have it here at the library if you want to check it out. <laughs> See for yourself, exactly. <laughs> See for yourself. That's true. Um, but this book had a lot more details and was a lot more psychologically um, challenging to read. <laughs> it was. It's kind of all over the place. If you read um, like Gone Girl or Girl on the Train, it follows that type of psychological mm -hmm. thriller. Mm -hmm. um, so it's about two best friends, and they say that, you know... They know each other's secrets. They're best friends because their kids are best friends in school. That's how they end up meeting. Um, it's one girl who is very quirky and just doesn't fit in. She's kind of a geeky nerd type girl. And then you have the other lady who is, you know, fashionable, has the best life, has all the nice jewelry, has the great husband who does everything, having the perfect life. And so... Um, it kind of goes into, you know, her best friend disappears suddenly, the one with all the nice clothes and everything, and the husband doesn't know what's going on. He's trying to figure out what happened to his wife, like, where does she go? And the best friend is like, I have no idea what's going on. And, and so it's like a lot of questions that you're trying to figure out, but then you also see the side of the girl that disappeared. So it's kind of all over the place, and it gets put together at the end. Um, it's very psychologically, like I said. Inclined? Yes, it, pl it plays with your brain a lot, I guess is a good way to put it. There you go. Okay, sounds solid. I'm going to have to check that out for sure. My final book is called The Black Jersey by Jorge Zepeda Patterson. And uh, Patterson, well, I guess you could say this about both, but Zepeda Patterson in particular is an acclaimed author who's had his books translated in numerous languages. And this is the first time I've had 
uh, a foray into one of his works, but it is very, very good. It concerns a, a guy named Mark Moreau. He's a professional cyclist. He actually has a military background. He is um, cycling with the Tour de France team that's led by his best friend. And it's a competitive one. Everyone has, um, uh, let's just say, their eyes on the prize. They all think they have a good chance at winning this thing. And so tension is already high out the gate. It's only made worse when a series of mysterious accidents occur over the early part of the race. There is a food cycling, uh, a food poisoning incident among one of the cyclists. Another happens to have an unfortunate crash with certain um, um, bystanders who weren't supposed to be where they were. And then lastly, in a mysterious mugging, one cyclist ends up having his uh, ankle crushed. And so already cyclists are like, whoa, what's going on? We need to isolate ourselves. We're going to team this race, make no mistake about it. We're going to do it in a more isolated trail. And we're going to probably lock ourselves up among each other uh, just to make sure that we're not having any further complications during the course of this race. Well, unfortunately, whoever is causing these incidents happens to be locked in alongside with the cyclists because one by one, even more accidents occur, this time more fatal ones. There's a mysterious suicide, uh, there's exploded trailer, there's a loose wheel on a tire on one of the trailers as it's taking a turn over the edge <laughs> of a cliff. And as it starts to happen, Mark is more aware of, okay, someone in our midst is, is, is trying to off us out. And so he ends up going and teaming up with the local police to try to figure out what's going on. Except that he realizes that as the amount of suspects dwindle with the amount of lives lost, him and his team end up being one of the few benefactors of the situation. And so all of a sudden, although he's helping to solve the case, now he sees more eyes from the people he's working with cast upon him. And so it's, again, another great book. I think the, the sense of atmosphere that Patterson builds around it is really cool. And the ending is, it's, it's interesting. I really enjoyed this one as well. I think you will too. And it's, it's like almost the opposite of a locked room mystery or that type of genre. But it's just that satisfying in this conclusion. Huh. Well, I really like the, uh, the cover of this book because I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like how it says 23 days, 2000 miles, one killer. That, it's a solid one. A many, a great tagline, uh, for, Great books. And also, what I enjoyed, on the jerseys of the cyclist on the cover of the book, there's a target on their back, which <laughs> I figured <laughs> out. It only took <laughs> me like 15, 20 minutes, but I don't, got it. Get it? Target on their back. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um, I am a mystery solver. I mean, you are an avid mystery reader. <laughs> and we've gone 15 minutes and 30 seconds in this podcast. I feel like I have to say it. You are an avid mystery reader, especially when it comes to J.D. Robb. Oh, okay. Yes. J.D. Robb <laughs> fits. Don't get me started. You did this on purpose. J.D. Robb works for everything. You want your romance, you get it. You want your your standard police procedural, you get it. You want a locked room mystery, you get it. You want a devious mystery? Oh, my goodness. Thankful in death, first of all. Devoted in death, <laughs> second off. Festive in, de- festive in death, check that out, too. Connections in death. These are books off the top of the dome that fit that to a T. You will be carried away in the futuristic world 2061 with Lieutenant Eve Dallas of the NYPD and her dashing rich, this isn't my words, it's her words, um, just <laughs> super great husband, Rourke. And they tackle all types of devious killers in different methods, none involving a gun, which make it interesting. If you're not a fan of firearms, you will definitely enjoy this book, but also in terms of the diabolicalness of it. I think that's a word. Yes, it's a word. And you... I mean, the perspective changes um, depending on how 
Miss Rob is writing it, sometimes you do know who the killer is from the very beginning. Other times you're following along just through the eyes of Lieutenant Dallas as she is investigating this with uh, her detective Peabody and with Rourke and with these other cast of characters. Another great thing about this series, you don't have to start with book one, which I also wouldn't recommend anyway. It's called Naked <laughs> and Death. But if you wanted to, I mean, you'll eventually get around to it. You could start with any of these books and and have a great time. I started with like number 27. Uh, I think it was Calculated in Death. Actually, it was probably um, Origin in Death. It doesn't matter because either way, it, it was, was an amazing like read. Exactly. It was an amazing read. There's been 51 books. Uh, there's two other great ones coming out this year. I've read each one at least twice, sometimes three times. I am telling y'all, you will not regret it. It's a great read. Stevious. I mean, and, and those of you that have listened to Shelf Logic before know that we always have to plug J.D. Rock. Every time. Because it is Corbin's top of the line, best, most favorited, should get a golden star. All the time. Pulitzer. Be, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Because, I yeah. mean, J.D. Robb is his author. One of the more underrated writers in American history. That is a completely Ooh. outlandish hot take that I just threw out there. Um, and as for unpopular opinions go. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I mean, no, like, like, she has a steady following behind her, so I could totally see that. But, I mean, Corbin being in the front of the line there... <laughs> Most definitely. But, um, yeah, so that is our episode of Devious Mysteries. Join us next time where we'll probably talk about, I don't know, something romantic or something Corbin picked or something Corbin picked. <laughs> Listen, there's a collaborative effort. I offer a suggestion, and we end up using that suggestion. It's a great process. Yes. Ooh, we follow your lead, Corbin. Aww. You are podcasting king. Come on. Let's, let's go. Let's send these listeners home. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.